time to play ball. Welcome to the podcast with no limits. Whether it be sports, current events, or random thoughts, this is the place to step in and stay a while. Your host is a proud alumnus of Rio Hondo Prep, a former minor league baseball umpire, and a man with strong opinions. Welcome to the Get Home Safe podcast and your host, Matt Persima. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Get Home Safe. It is Tuesday, September 22nd, 2020. Thank you so much for joining us today or whenever you're listening to the program. We greatly appreciate your support and your listenership. Uh, we got a great show today. Uh, you know, off the bat, off the, uh, the, the current thoughts on my head, we'll say, in starting the show uh, is that, you know, when I was a kid and, and in high school and junior high and all those, even college a little bit. Uh, one thing that was always on my mind was, you know what? I cannot wait to when I am an adult, uh, grown up, I have all this schoolwork done behind me and I don't have to do homework anymore. I despised homework for so long. It didn't matter the subject. It was just something that something extra I felt like I had to do. Like I never felt like practicing extra in sports was like a big deal. That was something I enjoyed doing. But man, you go to school for whatever it is, six hours, then you have a couple hours of practice, and then you go home, and you have to do more schoolwork. I just hated that. I absolutely hated that as a kid. And it's like, man, one day when I'm in my 30s, I'm not going to have homework to do. And, uh, you know, my dad always said, you know, when you when you get older, you have homework. It's just different kind of homework. You know, it's not pencil and paper and, and you know, math problems or science uh, science uh, questions or, or whatever. It's not reading up a, a few chapters. You have different types of homework. You got things to do, bills to fill out. Um, and so I, I do find that funny that, you know, that all kind of came true. You know, here I am in my mid thirties and True, I don't have homework or, or deadlines really that I have to do, but uh, there are things like running this podcast really that has different deadlines and assignments, if you will. It's kind of constantly reaching out to people and uh, getting those people to come on the program and doing recordings and things. But again, I look at that almost like I did with you know extra football practice or basketball or baseball practice. Like Those are things I didn't mind doing, things I wanted to do. Uh, so I just, man, I got to tell you, I despised homework as a kid. And I, and I honestly, I don't know how I got through some, some of my schooling uh, because I had such a bad attitude when it came to schoolwork, but specifically homework. I was like, this is criminal that we have to go. <laughs> We've been at school all day and we got to go home and do more of this stuff. Oh man. Anyway, uh, somebody uh, who gave me a lot of homework assignments when I was in high school uh, is actually on the program today, Ginger Deemers. I knew her as Miss Lunny. She taught me in chemistry, a little bit of biology. Uh, she's a science teacher at Real Hondo Prep, but we were among her first uh, groups of people that she taught, first classes, I should say. Uh, very patient with someone like me. Uh, she was uh, a lot younger than most of the other teachers. Again, and she was getting her start, uh, but I'm sure she'll have some stories here to talk about uh, me and my Lack of enthusiasm in the classroom, if you will, because man, I, I just, I, every day I just look forward, man, you know what? It's going to be really great when I'm an adult and I have life figured out and I don't have homework anymore. Well, the only thing true about that statement is that uh, I don't have homework anymore, which is cool, but uh, I de definitely don't have a life figured out or any of that stuff. But, uh, you know, we, we learn these lessons later in life. Uh, we think when we we're teenagers that 
we, we see down the road clearly. And uh, unfortunately, that's not always the case. But anyway, Ginger Deemer's on the program today. Going to be a lot of fun catching up with her. Uh, she won a CIF basketball championship at Rio Hondo Prep back in 1994. She's coached a little bit at Rio Hondo Prep. And again, she teaches uh, in the science department, really, a bunch of different science classes at Rio. So we're going to get her perspective on what it's been like these past few months in COVID, uh, the lockdown, uh, distance learning and all that. And then also uh, kind of what it's been like teaching over the years for her as she's kind of uh, grown in, in her career and, and taught a lot of different groups of kids and uh, a lot of different classes. So going to be fun uh, for you guys to hear this interview with Ginger, one of my former teachers and somebody that uh, I truly admire, I look up to. We don't get to talk very often, so it was cool to catch up with her. She's also going to talk about her legendary father, Gary Lunny, who passed away recently, legendary football coach at Real Hondo Prep and kind of being the uh, the daughter of a coach, if you will. And uh, a lot of fun things to talk about. Looking forward to you guys hearing this. It was great catching up with her. Uh, and again, yeah, not we didn't talk about a whole bunch of science. Definitely. I was done with chemistry, done with it all. It was all behind me. And uh, here we are, you know, what is it, uh, 20 years later, almost 15, 20 years later, uh, going back to uh, life in the classroom with with Ginger. And I can't imagine what it's like teaching chemistry right now or learning chemistry as a kid uh, and not having the kind of one-on-one personal <laughs> personal attention uh, that really I needed as a student in that subject and so many other subjects. Um, just very fortunate to go to a school like Real Hondo Prep and uh, you know, get through, get through some tough classes for me anyway. Anyway, uh, we'll get to that uh, conversation with, with Ginger Deemers here in a second. Uh, I just hope she doesn't give me homework assignments uh, as we end our recording. But anyway, we'll get right to her. I think you guys will really enjoy this conversation with, uh, with Ginger. Um, a few thoughts on my mind. I saw something, you know, I'm a big football guy. I saw something over the weekend and it was a quote from Chicago Bears coach Matt Nagy. And he was talking about how many points his team gave up in, in week one. And uh, whether you're a football fan or not, this this doesn't re- that's not really relevant. But what was interesting, something I took from his statement he made, uh, Matt Nagy, when asked about kind of giving up so many points, um, his comment was, that's not who we are. And you hear this statement said a lot. It usually happens when somebody has a slip up, says something they shouldn't have said. Uh, it could be anything. It could be a, a racial discussion. It could be, uh, you know, making a mistake. Maybe some, maybe a celebrity, they get a DUI. Or anytime somebody kind of slips up or a player, for instance, gets ejected in a game, uh, there's always this, well, that's not who I am. That's not who we are. Well, wouldn't it be better to say that's not who we want to be? That's not who I want to be because it actually is who you are. <laughs> you just did it. You just did something. You know what? Um, I think it would be better to kind of sum everything up if you said, that, hey, that's not who we want to be. We don't want to be a team that, that gives up uh, you know, 30-something points as, as a football team, our defense. I, I take that to mean a lot more than, oh, that's not who we are. Well, actually, it is who you are. You played one game. You gave up that many points. That's who you are. I, I just find it interesting that you see this a lot when people get in trouble. Well, that's not who I am. Well, actually, it is because that's what you just did. <laughs> and it's only said really when, when someone gets caught, right? Uh, I bring it up because also over the weekend, 
Novak Djokovic, who's a tennis player, and I've already talked about him one other time uh, on this program when I was talking some tennis. Uh, very good athlete, very good at what he does, but he was disqualified uh, a few weeks ago for hitting a, uh, you know, randomly, accidentally hitting a tennis ball after play had ceased, and he hit he hit a line judge with the ball, and he was disqualified. And it was like, oh, it's an accident. How could they disqualify this player? And And of course, him, like everyone else, all these other athletes want to say, well, that's not who I am. Well, actually, it is who you are because you just did that. Why don't you say, you know what? I made a mistake. That's not who I want to be. I th- I think that a, makes a lot more sense. And I, I thought it was funny over the weekend after everybody said, oh, he's not that type of guy. Uh, Mr. Djokovic got a, I don't know how tennis works, but he got a, a firm warning, a stern warning, I guess, from a chair umpire because he was slamming his racket down. He was He was acting like a child. And I know I'm hard on athletes and their behavior and it's just something I've examined a lot more as I've grown up uh, being a, a referee and an umpire myself at times, uh, you just see behaviors and you're just like, man, what is wrong with you? And I, and I look at myself when I was playing in high school, I'm going to talk a, a lot about uh, playing high school sports with ginger today when she played and, and then uh, teaching and coaching that, that she did. When I was a, a high school kid, I was a lunatic. I was. I tried to get away with everything I could. I was also an angry person. Any call that went against me, I lost my mind. That's who I was. Looking back, it's not who I necessarily wanted to be, but it's who I was. And so I think sports brings out the best and the worst in people. Behaviors and everything. And I just think anytime you hear that from somebody, think about it. It doesn't have to be sports. It could be anything. Well, that's not who I am. Well, your actions obviously show who you are. And we've all made mistakes. I've done things that I shouldn't have done, stupid things, things that I hope don't, you know, truly reveal my character or who I am. But in that moment, it was who I was. It was who I am. I think our actions are often like, pushed aside like people are afraid to make mistakes like if you make a mistake or you look bad like just own up to it that's all i that's all i gotta say we talk a lot about on the show about accountability and it's less like well that's not who i am say you get a, a d plus on a on a science project well that's not who i am well well yes it is because that what just happened i think it would be better off saying you know what I got a D plus. I'm better than that. That's not who I want to be. That makes a lot more sense to me. Maybe I'm overanalyzing uh, someone's outlook or their phrase, but this is what I do now with this podcast. I got the microphone and I'm just expressing some random thoughts here. That's just, that's just kind of how things go. So yeah, think about that next time you hear that. And, and it, again, it doesn't have to be sports. It could be anything. School, your job. You mess up. Oh, that's that's not who I am. Well, yes, it is <laughs> until you don't do that anymore. But yeah, I think in looking forward, that's not who, who I want to be. That's not who we want to be. I think that makes a lot more sense and it's a better outlook uh, with any adversity, any situation, any mistake you make. Uh, I didn't mention it on Monday, but we did have an earthquake here in Southern California over the weekend. And quite honestly, I have not... Uh, felt many earthquakes over the past few years. I either am sitting in a chair and don't feel it or 
uh, I was asleep and I sleep through it. Maybe it wakes me up and I just don't realize that, oh, there was an earthquake. Um, but the other night over the weekend, I did, I did feel the earthquake. I was laying there and, uh, Valerie goes, is that an earthquake? I go, what? And then all of a sudden, boom, it hit. And the first one I felt in a while. And it's hilarious to me on social media, uh, that (laughs) people freak out when there's an earthquake in Southern California. And people were also saying like, oh, I can't believe 2020 is doing this to me. How could this happen? Oh no, earthquake as if we're not going through enough right now. And it's like, you know where you live, right? If we were in Kentucky and there's an earthquake, yeah, that'd be a little surprising. You live in Southern California, probably the earthquake capital of the world. I know there's some pretty violent and, and terrible earthquakes in the past and you know different parts of the world and everything. But in Southern California, we get them all the time. And the comment I want to make is that a lot of people go, I can't believe this. You can't believe there was an earthquake in Southern California? In California in general? Like the same people, it's June or July. Oh my goodness, it's so hot. You know what month it is, right? I mean, if it was snowing in July, yeah, that would be kind of odd. Christmas time. Oh, it's so cold out. I can't, be- I can't believe it's so cold. Well, it's December. It gets cold in December. It gets hot in July. This shock that we everybody has now with earthquakes or the weather or, you know, whatever. Like, I can't believe there's another hurricane outside of Florida. I can't believe it. I can't believe there's a tornado in Oklahoma. I don't know if it's just people venting or or what. It's pretty hilarious. Oh, my goodness. We had an earthquake. Yeah, I I don't like earthquakes, but I know they happen here. You act like we control that or something like, oh man, an earthquake. How could this happen? It's like a minor earthquake in Southern California in 2020. That's like, it's like the least of our problems. <laughs> there's, there's so many other things going on that really do matter. Oh, but it's funny. Again, it, it's, it's a, this complaint thing we have where we just, we love to complain. We love to complain. Oh my goodness. Uh, it's just an overreaction. We we overreact to everything. I mean, I'd never done this before. And, and obviously, I don't feel the earthquake. So I went uh, to Twitter right away just to hear. And within a minute of it happening, oh, my goodness, you should have seen all the all the chains of things people were saying. Earthquake. Sure, it can be scary, especially for those who, who don't uh, haven't had many of those experiences out here. But this, like, shock when things happen. Oh, I, I can't. I just can't believe it. Like, what? Anyway, I don't know. You guys probably think I'm just an idiot and rambling away. Whatever, whatever. This this is what I do here. This is what I do and uh yeah, I don't know what to tell you. It's uh, it's Tuesday and I'm just kind of I'm just kind of venting. I talked a little bit about behavior and uh, the NFL and all this and that last night or yet yesterday's episode on Monday. Um but yeah, it's uh <laughs> Speaking of the NFL, Monday night that uh, new Raiders stadium uh, opened up that new uh, stadium in Las Vegas. I, I think it's so, I don't know what the word is, sad, ironic, whatever, that two of the best stadiums in the world opening up on the West Coast, two of the best stadiums the West Coast has seen here in Los Angeles and Las Vegas and no fans, nobody there. 
all this work, all this money goes into all this stuff. And then eh, no fans. It's, it's kind of sad, but it was cool seeing the, the Raiders who I don't like at all, but them playing in Las Vegas. That was pretty neat. Any, any sporting event in Las Vegas, I think it just pops. It pops a lot, whether it be hockey, boxing, MMA. Uh, it just, it jumps out at you, man. It's like, oh man, Las Vegas. This is, this is pretty neat. So that stadium is pretty awesome. I still like SoFi Stadium a little better. The, uh, the home of the home of the Los Angeles Rams and those the, that, that team the, known as the Chargers, too. So anyway, guys, well, that's enough for me today. Let's get to our interview with Ginger Demers. Uh, going to be a lot of fun for you guys to hear this. Trust me. It was so much fun catching up with her. I, I don't get to see her that often unless I'm going down to Rio Hondo Prep to maybe referee a, a junior high game or something. And I usually pass her or, or other people as well, kind of in the parking lot and just like, hey, how's it going? What's good? Hey. But so it was, it was nice to be able to sit down and uh, really have a uh, an extended conversation with someone that uh, I look back on it, and I'm very grateful that helped me get through some of my schooling, as I already mentioned. But uh, anyway, uh, let's get right to it. We'll take a quick break and then dive right into it with our interview with Ginger Demers. Okay, joining us today is Ginger Demers. Uh, I used to know her as Miss Lunny when she was a teacher of mine at Rio Hondo Prep in a couple different subjects in science. She still is a teacher at Rio Hondo Prep. She does a lot of different subjects in the science department. Her uh, name now is Mrs. Demers. Um, that's going to, again, uh, Ginger, that's hard for me to say, but I'm going to try to say it. Uh, anyway, a Rio Hondo Prep graduate herself and a CIF champion basketball player as well in 1994. So, Ginger Demers, welcome to the program. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be here. <laughs> this is fantastic. I, I'm glad you are here. We tried to work out some different schedules here to to make this happen, and we're, and it's finally happening. So I'm very very glad that uh, we pulled this off. Yes, takes <laughs> takes a little bit of. Uh schedule maneuvering with kids doesn't it well with you know three kids now you know ginger i mean come on you can't be that busy full-time work <laughs> and three kids i mean come on try it matt try yeah. it <laughs> <laughs> no no really matt try it <laughs> uh, uh, i don't know uh, we'll wait it out we'll see uh anyway uh ginger a lot to talk about um a lot of different subjects and, and i gotta say we were kind of joking off the air that you know, it was people like you and Phil Horton, who was on the program last week, who definitely uh, I have to thank for getting me through my science classes in high school, because I could not have done it without you guys leading the way, making it, uh, I won't say fun, but tolerable. And, and it was interesting that you really started teaching in high school right around the, you know, right around my year, you, that was your early years. So did you know you were going to be a high school teacher uh, or did you kind of just get thrown into it? Um, I was kind of thinking of being like an orthodontist or something. I really didn't know. And I loved biology. So I just got a degree in that. And then, um, Mrs. Arliss Dow just kind of said, Hey, Ginger, I think I'm kind of done, um, teaching biology. She had a master's in biology. She was principal at the time. And I, I never really thought about it. I kind of resisted the whole get into the family business idea, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, yeah. and she's like, just try one class. So, I was still working for an interior designer at the at the time and and got my feet wet and I did I think it was Devin Drain might have been 
um, I, I think that that was my first biology class and I just did one class and I loved it. And I just, I, from then on, I said, this is it. And I think you were in my first chemistry class. I think it was like a very small amount of people. Is, does that ring a bell to it you? It was a very small group of us. And I think that's the only way I survived was that we got a little bit more personal attention from the teachers because man, any, any subject that ended in why I was just not a fan of let's, let's be honest, except for history. History is okay. You did fine, Matt. You were oh. fine. No, no, no. I, maybe, maybe it seemed that way. There was a lot of uh, sleepless nights uh, <laughs> worrying about my subject because you know me, Ginger, back then. All I cared about was sports. I, I just wanted to, okay, let's get through these classes. We got work to do in the afternoon. Sports. That is true. You know? Yes, that is so true, Matt. That, <laughs> eat, sleep, and breathe it. Oh, and man. I think you're still the same way, don't you think? You know, we don't, uh, we don't change much over the years. You know, I can honestly say that. But uh, what do you remember from your early days of teaching in high school? I mean, you're working with high school age kids, which is not easy in itself. And then you're working with a couple different tough subjects, really that uh, make it even more challenging? Um, I, I loved teenagers then and I love them now. And I think that's a rare person. Um, so it wasn't really the interaction of class that was, that was hard. I mean, I learned how to manage students. Like I think my first year, no, maybe it was my second or third, every time I turned to write something on the board, one of the kids would stand on the chair and put their pencil up in the cork board, up in the ceiling. And um, I don't know, and I, it took me forever. They're all like smiling like a Cheshire cat. And I'm like, I know something's going on, but that's constant. That's like through my whole career teaching uh, is kind of catching on. Like I know something else is going on be behind the scenes, but kind of knowing the subject matter is was tricky for me, but. I knew it, but teaching it, you know, it's taken me a long time to kind of master and feel like I'm helping kids learn it. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, we're going a little backwards here, but as far as like college, did you study science or, or what was kind of your major of expertise when you were in college? Did you, you did you think, oh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll teach this stuff sometime? Well, no, I went into um, Cal Poly Pomona undeclared. Um, and by the end of the year, I had to declare something and I love Mrs. Dowd's um, biology class. So I said, okay, I'll declare biology. And I took a bunch of classes that didn't count my first year. So I was pretty disorganized, but I, I did, it was like a new awakening in high school that I loved science. I always thought it was going to be like a literature, uh, like <laughs> that's what I'd go into, but I took science and it was tough, and, but I loved it. Well, Mrs. Dowd uh, taught for a long time there and uh, did a great job in, in the various science departments. Yeah, biology with her, uh, I thought was going to be my greatest challenge. And then I had to take chemistry with you. So, uh, <laughs> but we got through it. We got through it. I can't thank you enough. So what, what are you teaching at Real Hondo Prep these days? Well, this year I'm doing the AP biology class, the advanced course where um, if they pass the test through the college board in May, they get college credit. So that's always a fun one, but that's only every other year. Um, when I'm not teaching AP biology, I do a brand new course for me, sixth grade science, uh, but I flip flop that with uh, my brother, Tim. Mm -hmm. And so he's doing sixth grade science this year where his other off or on year is physics. And then what I, also do is chemistry every year and that those are usually 11th 12th graders i do biology that's 10th grade um, i also do the science camp for the 10th graders up at mount care and i teach eighth grade um it's called eighth grade life science we do a little bit of cells but it's mainly physiology anatomy is the main course 
Well, I don't know how you keep track of all that stuff, uh, Ginger. That's pretty impressive stuff. Uh, well, the science department's in good hands with the likes of you and uh, Phil Horton and other people there. Great teachers at Rio Hondo Prep. I know some things have changed with different personnel and everything, but I think uh, one constant really, if anyone who's come on this program and talked about their days at Rio Hondo Prep, they always mention the teachers and how uh, there's a certain relationship that I think you get with your teachers at Rio Hondo Prep that you really don't get other places. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Just kind of the interaction with students and small classroom sizes. Um, I think that's true. I've never taught anywhere else, but I'm, I imagine other teachers, other places can have those relationships. But it's, I think the smaller class size and being around the students and the faculty going to games as much as we can, it, um, it makes for a really close knit group and relationship. And I think it's really fun. And I think the students learn in that environment pretty well. You know what, uh, I'll say one last thing from, from my days of being in your, your class was that I will say that it was honestly fun. I remember we were always laughing about something and, and that was collectively not pulling pranks on the teacher or anything, but you, you found us to be ridiculous and funny. And we thought, you know, you were cool because you were one of our younger teachers. And, and I don't know, it was just like, it was this positive atmosphere is what I remember. No specific uh, incidences really, but just that overall it was a positive, fun experience. We'll say, do you have any specific memories from those days? Um, like your class um, yeah. specifically? Um, weren't you in the class with like Cassandra, Becky? Is yes. that? Yeah. And I think there are only like four or five of you. I just remember being like, in the science lab and I don't teach lecture in the, the lab anymore. It's mm. there's, you know, there's just not enough space to, for everyone to see that smaller board. And so I remember your class specifically because it was my first year teaching chemistry. I really didn't know what I was doing. And, you know, they just threw me in there and I, and I took a lot of chemistry in college. I was like one class away from a minor, but I said, I'm out of here. Um, maybe it was like a series, like a three series class I needed. Um, but I remember being around that small board and there were just like four or five of us. And I just remember thinking, I don't know what I'm doing, but I love these kids. I think they're funny. Um, I remember like learning little, I don't know, tricks to memorize electron configuration and things like that. It was just my first time figuring out what can I do for these guys that I, that I think are crazy to help them remember, you know, and I kept up with some of those tricks to help students along the way. Um, I think the bottom line is you got to love the teenagers and I did love you guys and I still do. I, you know, when I see ex students, even if I don't remember their names, I remember that I loved them. And so I think that's, that's part of it. Yeah. And I think I've said this before, but you know, with your teachers, I couldn't tell you all the details of the things we learned, but just the experiences and the interaction, you know, you're really learning to, to grow up as a kid and become an adult and everything. And in those years that are late teenage years that are so, you know, so important to our development. And since so people like you, Ginger and, and other teachers who, who've done a great job uh, with that over the years, uh, let me ask you about these past few months, this crazy world we live in in 2020. Uh, as far as the, coronavirus, COVID, and the lockdown. I mean, all this kind of got crazy in March. And how did that affect your teaching uh, then with kind of uh, distance learning? And how is it now with the start of a new school year? It's, it's night and day, Matt. It's night and day. I had a really hard time in the spring. It was supposed to be like 
a two week thing. And I kind of, my personality likes new things. So I was kind of like, oh, this might be kind of fun. You know, uh, put a couple assignments on, on Google Classroom, the students do it and I'll help my girls do their, you know, their assignments at home. And it was a disaster for me. Uh, it was, I have a, a toddler at home and I mean, I could show you classroom videos where Luke is crawling on my head and I'm in the middle of teaching and uh, the girls are yelling, mom, I don't know how to get to this website for my math. And it was, it was rough, Matt. Um, I ended up having a, um, one of the preschool teachers, the school sent one of them to me um, to help me, to help with the girls, to help with Luke. And, and I kind of, I wouldn't have survived without that. And my sister Lindy came and helped without that help. I don't know how other teachers did it in the spring. Now um, we're like officially teaching at school. So I was home before they reopen. I'm so blessed that I can take Luke down to school and he, he, he has to wear a mask, but um, there's only like three or four little kids and they get to go to preschool and they're doing really well. And I'm up in my classroom teaching. And so um, I'm doing live Zooms the whole, every day and I'm doing my best to make connections, show them I love them. Hopefully they'll learn something. It's not the same though. I do miss the kids in the class. Oh, there's nothing like that, that interaction. And you and I are talking right now through Zoom, but it's always easier to talk to people in person to get their attention and instead of looking at a screen. So I can't imagine the challenges you and other teachers have really in going forward here, especially with three young kids uh, that, that you have, you know, it, it's got to be just a, a challenge every day. And, you know, uh, thoughts are with you. Hang in there. Keep doing, keep doing the, the good work that you're doing. Uh, let me ask you real quick about your family, Ginger. Uh, I, I've talked with your husband, Joe, a couple times. Uh, we're Facebook friends. Um, I don't know how else to ask this. When you, <laughs> What's coming? Yeah, I didn't prepare you for this. Uh, how does one from Southern California end up marrying a diehard San Francisco Giants fan? Oh, <laughs> we make it work, Matt. I, and, <laughs> and I'm a, I'm a Dodger fan. Um, but yeah, it's one thing where, you know, even with our opposing teams, we mm -hmm. can still work through and, and, and have a very happy and wonderful um, marriage. <laughs> so it, it can happen, but yeah. Um, for a little while, when everybody was getting to know Joe, it was always like, how are those giants? You know, it's the only <laughs> connection people had to him. But, uh, you know, now he's fit in uh, with the, all my friends very well. And he's, he's a, <laughs> just such a blessing to me. Well, those, those three World Series in, in five years, I'm sure, uh, made it easier for him. And they made me sick. But, uh, hey, what are you going to do? Uh, we move on. There's worse things in the world than the Giants win in the World Series, which is what we've seen. Well, two two of those were the years my uh, our kids were born. And so he, uh, <laughs> <laughs> when Luke was coming, he's like, this is a lucky year for us. This is, a, I'm like, no, I think it was a Dodger year. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah, I thought I'd throw a curveball uh, there to you, uh, you know, just for fun. No pun intended. Yeah. Seems like a great guy, except for the whole Giants thing. But, you know, hey, everyone has their flaws and uh Hey, good for him. Good for you. Uh, happy to see you guys have a wonderful marriage and uh, three great kids and, and things are going well. Um, well, let's see, where do we go from here? You know, let's talk, let's talk some sports, you, you know, come on, you know, Ginger, you, we, we got to talk sports. I mean, I we tried to do that. We I think that. that was one of my things I tried to do with you in my classroom is say, Hey, 
Miss Lunny, tell us about when you played in high school, you know, sports. Just I was trying anything other than the subject matter. Uh, so anyway, Ginger, you, you graduated in 1994. You were a part of a CIF championship basketball team in 1994. And I believe there was an earlier CIF championship team there with the girls uh, basketball also in the early 90s, right? That's right. Um, my sister, when she was, oh boy, was she only like a sophomore, I think. They won the first ever girls um, basketball championship for our school. I think it was 1990. And that was kind of like the dream team for our <laughs> school. It was really like a big deal. Um, and then I got to um, be on their, just pulled up for playoffs, their 1992 um basketball team they they lost in the finals in 1992 but um we got to go to state playoffs and I think they were in the finals um and it was so much fun I mean school was practically um shut down because we were traveling everywhere I remember that CIF season just everywhere and the whole Reuters buses came yeah. everyone went it was it was really fun for the school so and then two years later 1994 that was my senior year and and we won the the playoff that year so it was, the it was yeah so it was a good couple of years for our school i guess I think, uh, you know, Rio, Rio gets a lot of uh, publicity for the football team and everything, but really the girls' basketball program, especially there in the early 90s, uh, was, was really playing good basketball. I mean, winning, winning a, a CIF championship in the early 90s and then 94 and then the state run also. I mean, what a, what a run, really. And when you think about it, you know, Randall Johnson was the coach. He's coaching football, had all the success as a football coach, but then he's coaching girls basketball also. I mean, what was he like as a, as a girls basketball coach? Or I should say just a basketball coach. I'm sorry. I believe Randall Johnson was just a, a strategic genius. He was just a great coach. He was well prepared. He came with the practice plan and, and he ran us, you know, like he made us work hard. We had to turn in practice slips and he just knew what he was doing. And he changed things up when things weren't working. He would switch things up and at halftime and say, let's do this instead and, and go with a different defense or put someone new in. And I think he just, same thing in football, maybe not as recognized in basketball, but he was just a great coach. Let me ask you this, Ginger. Um, you grew up with, with female coaches and then you're in high school. And at least in this sport, it's, it's a, uh, a male coach. Is there a different, is there a difference really in, being coached by a female versus a male. I mean, you don't see it as much on in men's sports, although you are seeing it more where there's more female coaches uh, in professional and college sports and everything. Uh, did you guys, were you more receptive to a male coach versus a female coach or was there definitely a different dynamic? Uh, just what are your thoughts on that? That's a, that's a great question, Matt. And I think it depends personality to personality. I, maybe women in general will have a little bit more attention for a male. I'm not sure if that's true for me. I think getting used to Mr. Johnson was, he was kind of mean <laughs> and funny, really sarcastic. And I think girls have an, you know, the average girl has wants to, you know, coddle each other a little bit and be nice. Like, I want to tell you what I'm thinking, but let me, let me say it in a, a nicer way. And Mr. Johnson would just come out and he used to call, um, what did he call? I think he called the subs 
spokes and I never understood what that meant but this was on Lindy's team so I'm like a, a sophomore trying to figure out his his sarcasm his wit and he would just come out and say words and I'm like I don't even know what that means like he would say get in the paint and I'm like the paint and that's probably universal but girls yeah. don't use terms like that yeah. you know growing up so so things like that and I think the spokes thing was like we're a wheel and the spokes just support the wheel you're like not and i so you're kind of important but you're not actually like on the road or something like that so for that year i think everyone was called who was a sub a spoke like spoke get in there so uh getting used to um like direct insults direct like really quick wit like my dad had quick wit also so i was kind of used to it but some girls it was you know then it was, ah, I don't know what to do with this, but it, it was fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just funny that he's a football coach, you know, it's a tough and yelling and this and that. And then you go to girls and girls basketball and it sounds like he was doing a lot. Of, he didn't make too many adjustments. He was still hard on you guys and pushed you. And uh, it's interesting to see because boys and girls are very different. We all know this and, and the approach sometimes needs to be different. So, so very interesting stuff about the legendary coach, uh, Randall Johnson. Uh, well, let me ask you this, Ginger, you had a great, CIF basketball championship run there his senior year. You won the, C the CIF championship. Uh, do you remember much about that championship game and kind of who you faced? And was it close? Was it a blowout? What, what was it like for you? Um, it was close. Um, I specifically remember first the um, semifinal or is semi quarterfinal. No, which one's right before finals? I'm going final. Yeah, and that one was, um, it was getting really like a big deal and people were coming and I remember that one specifically because um I had to do a, a million free throws they just kept fouling me at the end <laughs> and I was so nervous and I'm I guess I get really emotional and I was just doing free throw after free throw and at the end of that game I just lost it. I was crying but I was happy but it was a close call and then I remember the final game at Azusa Pacific University and I just remember smiling I was just this is great this is great fun and most of my basketball career I think the refs that we kept having over and over again would always just say oh there's that smiling girl because I genuinely enjoyed the sport it was fun to just go back and forth I knew I knew where Sarah Zabriskie was she was our tall forward where she was going to be you know if I was doing a fast break I mean, how many forwards sprint way down there so I could pass it down so she could do the, the layup. I knew when Cheris was going to cut across and I could give the ball to her and she was just like a ballerina in the air. And those were the main scorers of the team. I remember hitting a three that game and that was like a big deal, like put us ahead and kind of changed the momentum. Um, I remember stopping at half court and going, you know, dear, dear Lord, I want this so bad. Help us, you know, like Craig, you know how it's a big deal when you're a kid and you're like, later, you're like, I don't think, I don't think the good Lord cares who, who wins this game. You know, like he loves all of us the same, but you know, it's big when you're that age. And that's, I think that's helped me in teaching and coaching later is I remember how it is to be 16. And, and so I've, the emotions are different. And so I don't want to belittle a kid that, you know what, that football game, it doesn't really matter. But, you know, I don't want to say that, but I'm thinking it sometimes. Um, but it was fun, Matt. And we all went to Marie Callender's 
afterwards and and it was fun so oh what a, what a time what an absolute yeah you know sports i always say sports brings out the best and the worst in us uh and later on down the road you kind of look back at how you were as a competitor or the things you cared about and you're absolutely right uh but at the time i mean uh, me getting a c in science didn't that wasn't as bad big of a deal as me losing a game you know it was like oh we lost the game you know that was all that mattered uh well well let's stick on basketball for a second because you won a CAF championship in 94 and then it was years later kind of right after you started teaching in high school at Rio Hondo Prep where you uh you were the head basketball coach at Rio Hondo Prep for the girls team and it was in 2006 you coached a group of girls uh, they, the seniors of that group were actually in my brother's class and I was three years out of high school. Uh, but that was a great group and they went, you, you led the way, you led the way to the, uh, the CIF final once again, uh, with the girls making a basketball run. Unfortunately, uh, the, the road, the run ended and you guys lost in the championship game at Long Beach state, but we were all there. We had the band, we had our red shirts on. It was just a blast supporting the girls and uh, just, just a great memory of mine. What can you tell me about coaching uh, varsity girls basketball for the years you did it? Well, I think I only did it for two years. The school was really nice. I think uh, Christy Horton's daughter, Jessica, I had her as a freshman and, and sophomore. And I, I always did JV basketball since I started um, teaching at Rio Hondo Prep. And that was, that was my, my groove. I knew what to do there. And then Christy says, hey, Ginger, I think we're going to move you up to varsity. I said, are you sure? I was still <laughs> trying to get a ha the hang of the hang of um, teaching. So it was, it was fun. Um, but I had those girls since they were freshmen. It was so amazing to move up with them. Uh, girls varsity basketball was much faster paced um, for me than JV basketball. As you can imagine, I mean, if you watch a JV girls basketball game, it is, it's pretty slow. Um, <laughs> but varsity girls was much faster paced, but thank goodness, Joe Parker. I mean, he was kind of there as like the main support guy. Um, he has, he's the one who's coaching now. He's amazing. He's, he has found his niche with girls softball there at the school now and, and basketball. But for two years, I got to be the head coach and I kind of had to like assert myself when, when, you know, the other coach was coming to shake hands or the referee, they're, they're going straight for Joe. And I'm kind of like this little five foot two, you know, like <laughs> I put my high heels on, but I, I did it. And, oh, I'm so happy I got to do it. it was, it was great having, you know, I remember Christian Yamas and, and Jessica Horton and Mariana, uh, Michelle Escara, Valerie, Jean Moss. I mean, it was just pure fun for us. And they were a great group. They kind of like my group where you just knew where the other player was going to be. And there wasn't just one person who kind of ran the team. It's because they were just so um, well put together. You know, they just knew who was going to be where and where to pass it. And, and it, so it, it was, it was great. And I'm, I'm happy to have done that. And then after we lost, uh, they moved me to girl soccer. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> my standards are real Hondo prep ginger. Hey, no banners for second place. Hey, you go coach that soccer sport. Now that's hilarious. Oh man. No, you, you did a great job. And yeah, I remember Mr. Parker does do a great job with the basketball team. And I know the girls have had continued success which I think is wonderful, but uh, yeah, come on, it's only two years and then they kick you to the curb. I mean, come on, there had to be somewhere. You could be an assistant coach or something. 
No, I, it was, it was meant to be. And uh, it was, Joe has found, you know, his true calling there. And it was just fun. I got to do it for two years. I mean, I'm, I'm a good coach, but I don't know if, if, you know, I want to be, I always told Christy, you know, um, when or if I ever get married, and that took me a long time to get, get there. Um, I want to be home in the afternoon with the kids and I want science teaching to, you know, I've, I always said that. And so I'm, I'm living my dream now. I mean, it's hard, but it's, it's fantastic. Well, Ginger, let's talk about coaches. Uh, being a, a coach yourself at one point, um, you, you know the challenges of what it's like to really have to get through to, to young people at times. And you were also a, a player. You were also that young person at one time. So uh, what can you tell me about some of the coaches in your life that have had a tremendous impact on you, uh, not just in the sport that you were playing, but also uh, outside of athletics as well? Um, good question, Matt. Um, I would say um, Pam Martin, when I was in junior high, definitely had a big impact on me. But then in high school with Mrs. Johnson, boy, she wanted to win. And I loved that attitude. So I would say her. And then I had the great honor of, of working with Kim Parker and Christy Horton. And as you know, Christy Horton has just been the, the backbone of girls sports at RHP for the last 20 years and just seeing where she puts coaches in positions, you know, who, who her staff is, she's just done a phenomenal job. And anytime, you know, like I mentioned, Joe Parker, um, she's right there beside him and she's making strategic decisions too. And, and you have to look at Kim Parker and um, her volleyball coaching and just the championships that we have there. I've really admired that. I got to sit on the bench as an assistant, assistant coach during <laughs> championship games. And, and I love, um, how strategic, how smart, how they know their players, they know how to deal with the, you know, sophisticated girls' emotions. And I think that there's something to that. They're, they're worried about the mind, body, and soul of the player. And um, I, I've loved watching them and learning from them. So that, that's great. Outstanding stuff. And I'm sure that it, it wasn't always just about serving a volleyball or, you know, how to, how to catch a, a softball or, or, you know, basketball, you know, it wasn't just about those lessons. It's about things that you probably continue to take with you now uh, into your adulthood. And, and now as a mom, I'm sure too, right? Absolutely right, Matt. I mean, Mrs. Johnson would say, you know, make your bed. It'll make you feel better in the morning. Now my <laughs> husband does that, but it still makes me feel better. <laughs> so yeah, little lessons along the way that just um, have been stayed with me. And I hope I, I pass that on to my students, my children, my and the players in the past. Well, well said. Very well said. Uh, well, let me ask you, Ginger, um, your, your father, Gary Lunny, you mentioned him a little while ago and, you know, kind of speaking of coaches, uh, Gary Lunny, right alongside Mr. Randall Johnson, who we mentioned, uh, was just one of the best overall coaches uh, I've ever had the opportunity to be around. Uh, a legendary football coach, coached the defensive side of the ball. I've talked to so many people on this podcast about uh, your father and kind of funny stories, some life lessons, just all kinds of things. And just there, there's not enough time really to talk about uh, Gary Lunny, the coach. Um, he passed away recently and, uh, you know, of course, our condolences from, uh, from myself and my family and, uh, this entire podcast and everything. But I mean, what can you say about your father, Gary Lunny, uh, football coach, Vietnam veteran, 
uh, music teacher, Latin teacher, just an amazing man. One of the most wide, uh, well-rounded, diverse guys I've ever met in my life. But as Gary Lunny, the father, what can you speak on about your dad and uh, just any, any memories from, uh, you know, his recent passing or anything? Um, yeah, Matt. Wow. You summed him all up. He was the most <laughs> capable, talented, bigger than life, loving, charismatic man. Uh, he could do anything. He was a fantastic father. He practiced sports with us um, all the time, whenever we wanted to. Um, you know, he was a musician. He wrote us all songs. We performed in church with him. Um, he has had a beautiful voice. He was also an oil painter, so we still have some of his his paintings around. He used to paint one for every um, person on staff who got married. He'd he'd make a nature painting for them. Um, just really. Um, a loving man, but also um, a little scary sometimes. He had a temper and I've inherited a little bit of that Irish temper. Um, funny, the quickest wit, uh, but also he loves sports, Matt. And I never understood like his passion for football, but I would as a little girl, Matt, go scouting with him a couple of no. times. Yeah. And my dad scouted for uh, Randall oh, yeah. Johnson and I'd go sit in those cold, stands and um i remember like steve martin was there one time and they filmed a little and my dad was writing you know everything down for uh mr johnson because mr johnson wanted to get it right in fact matt you might not know this but my dad didn't go when i was playing basketball he missed um he came to my regular games he missed playoff games so he could go there was no max preps back then so my dad would go to the the next um, the team that was coming next and write all the notes and so and gave them to Mr. Johnson. So um, he just loved sports, Matt, just just like you. He was so <laughs> he was so detailed. It was so great. Yeah, he's just very talented. Used to run my mom and dad met, you know, back in the day, musicals were the the big thing. And they were they would do big, you know, kind of like the summer trip plays on the, the play set where the, the big semi would fold out and we do original numbers and music and dance scenes. And, and he was part of that maybe even earlier the, at the San Gabriel Mission Playhouse. And my mom, you might not know this, is a theater major. So I come from two <laughs> artist parents. My dad is a music major. And so my brother Tim and I, where our science comes from, um, it was a very loud, and fun household <laughs> coming from two artist parents. But um, it was, it was me, you know, everybody's a little dysfunctional, but <laughs> loving. <laughs> well, well, Mr. Lunny, he, he had this science about him in the way he dealt with people. He knew how to get after you and then turn right around and, and pat you on the back when you did well. I mean, I've heard so many stories from guests on here, just hilarious stuff. Like uh, just, he was right to the point. Like you talk about a temper, like he is this fun loving guy, but man, when, when the, when the face changed and you got the look from him and you're like, Oh, I, I just, I just uh, let down coach Lunny. Like it was, it was a big deal. And yeah, him going to games and scouting. I remember I was a seventh grader and he was, I, I wasn't in his class, but he was, a, he was a seventh grade teacher. And but he was the varsity fo football defense coordinator. And I'd walk by him and, hey, Mr. Lunny, what do you think of the team this week? And he'd always give me a scouting report. I love that stuff, even as a seventh grader, just passing him in the hallways and everything. Uh, amazing, amazing man. Um, just, a, just a wonderful human being. And 
um, I, I will say that one of the, the biggest honors and thrills of my life was you requesting to uh, a very unique wedding, um, wedding, uh, walking up the aisle. I don't know what it's called, recessional or processional, one of the words. And um, I, I guess I'll let, you, I'll let you explain that. But, you know, you had a very unique uh, wedding experience uh, with, with your father walking you up the aisle. That's, that's right, Matt. Um, my mom wanted Tim and Robert, my two brothers, to kind of walk me down the aisle because um, the last 10 years, my dad has, was wheelchair bound. He'd been sick with Parkinson's um, and then dementia uh, set in you know, the last maybe six years. Um, it was the slowest decline I'd, I'd ever seen, or 15 years. So uh, my dad was in a wheelchair. He couldn't walk me down the aisle. We didn't even know if he would know what was going on that day, because I guess dementia set in a long time ago. Um, so it's so sad to see him decline like that. But every once in a while, you know, his quick wit would be there and he'd go, hey, sweetheart, because that's what he called me. Um, I always dad's favorite, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, no, mom, um, I want, my dad wrote a song to, and to organ and trumpets. And it was straight from um, one of David's Psalms from the Bible. And it was when I consider all the yeah. works of thy hands, the moon and the stars, which thou hast ordained. And he wrote music to that. And it was a march. And I said, that is what I want to walk down the aisle to. And I know some trumpet players, <laughs> you know, my, one of my favorite students, Matt, my best, <laughs> seriously, Matt, one of my best friends growing up, Ken Lee, um, was in my grade and I went to the senior inaugural with him, but it was just more of a, he's been my brother forever. And, you know, his mom just passed away. So we kind of had, have had, you know, a moment this year. Um, and then Tim, my brother, trumpet player, three trumpet players. And it was magical for me, Matt. You know, my dad was there and, whoa, this makes me cry. I'm getting a little choked up, but my dad was singing while I was walking down. And so that's, that's really special. And so it was everything I wanted, you know, when your dad can't, walk you down. He, he did, you he know, did. he did with music. And uh, again, that was one of the coolest things I've ever gotten to be a part of. It was, it was brief, but it was uh, just the symbolism, just everything about it was wonderful and just happy to be able to contribute that day. Uh, I, I, I would do anything for you and the, and the Lunny family. Uh, I truly mean that you guys are special people and uh, yes, to Mr. Lunny, uh, we all miss him. I know you miss him and uh, so many fond memories. I think the best thing we can do about uh, with him is continue to laugh and joke and, and kind of think about a lot of the memories that, uh, especially from his, the guys playing football for him, there's just a million and one of them. And, oh yeah. Remember when Mr. Lenny said this, Oh, he did this or he said that. I mean, Oh, I, I do remember. Here's a, here's a, this just came to me. Um, I used to live out in the East in the Glendora and you guys lived in San Dimas. Right. And I was always, I felt like my entire junior high and high school career until I started driving, I was always looking for a ride home from Arcadia. Always. I got rides from all kinds of different people. I took Foothill Transit. Uh, you know, I did everything. But one of the, I think I was a freshman and the game ended or uh, it was a varsity game and they lost the opening game. The Faith Baptist, I think. I don't, I don't know why I remember this stuff, but I asked either Tim or you or someone for a ride home. And you said, yeah, you guys had all we're all driving home that night or something in the same car. So I rode with you, Tim, your dad, 
Uh, and I was a freshman just getting started with, with real football and everything. And I remember we got in the car and first thing you said to your dad, you probably don't remember this. You go, Hey dad. So why did we lose the game? Like not in a, not in a demeaning way, but like, Hey, so what happened? How did we lose the game? And it was like, and I just saw the wheel spinning and he was just like, yeah, we got, well, we got a lot to talk about. We'll, we'll think about that on the way home. And when I get home tomorrow. And so I remember that like it was yesterday. I don't know if you do, but I'll never forget you saying that. Hey dad. So, so why we lose a game tonight? And it was so cool. Wow, Matt. Um, I, I do not remember that story. We were the community taxi for the East. So we yeah. took lots of people home. Um, but my dad always was ready to talk like, hey, this is what went wrong. I mean, sometimes it was after like my basketball game, you know, and he's saying, oh, if we, if we, if you would have done this, 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 and he'd do it to Lindy, my sister. And she'd like, that's enough, dad. Like, stop coaching me. He wouldn't do it during but you know how dads are, oh, you yeah. know, like afterwards they've got something to say. So oh, yeah, my always. dad's always thinking strategy. <laughs> so, so it, so it got brought to the dinner table a two, a few times is what you're telling me. <laughs> not, if, not if my mom had anything to do with it. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, let's talk about the other members of your family. I, I said, let, let me, let, let's, uh, let's get your thoughts on each of your siblings. But first off with, with your mom, we just talked about your dad and you know, I didn't have a ton of interaction with, with Mrs. Lunny, but uh, I remember the first couple times I saw her going like, yep, her and Mr. Lunny. Yep. That's uh, that's a match right there. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, what are your thoughts on, on just your mom over the years? I mean, really keeping the peace between her, her athlete children and, and the father coach there. Well, um, my mom, I think the best thing about my mom is she taught us to love everyone, no matter what be, kind, be tolerant, be, um, because that's how, that's the way God would want us to, you know, treat everyone. So that was her big mantra. Uh, you know what, my mom was the breadwinner, Matt. So, um, she was the original kindergarten teacher at Rio Hondo prep elementary. And then the elementary went away. Um, she had to go and, and find other jobs. So she went back to school, which I admire her so much. Um, and she taught it a few different places, but she found her, her um, final um, teaching job at First Lutheran Monrovia. Um, they loved her there and retired from there, that school mm-hmm. there, but she, she was great. Uh, <laughs> she kind of kept us glued together, um, but sometimes she got home late and my dad was the one who came home and cooked and cleaned, so it was an Teamwork, teamwork, absolutely. Yeah. No, they're, they're a great match. Uh, you know, I, I see I see where you guys all have that sense of humor. It's hard not to. I mean, you guys are, the Lunny family always seems to be smiling uh, over something. You're like, what? why are you so happy? Stop being so happy. But no, we, we love it. I think it's a great thing. And uh, uh, we need more of that these days. Well, well, your, your three siblings, uh, Bob, Bob was actually a senior when I was a freshman. So, uh, you know, kind of a little common time there, not a whole lot, but, uh, um, what can you tell me about your youngest sibling, sibling, Mr. Bob Lunny, Robert Lunny? Um, Robert's the ultimate star Wars fan always (laughs) has been, always will be, uh, you know, one of those guys who goes to comic con down in San Diego and, and now says it's overblown. It's, you know, it's too Hollywood, you know, back in the day when it was legit. Um, so um he uh he's obsessive compulsive um disorder so that always makes him interesting he you know is aware of all of his little 
funny intricacies about him and and can laugh and joke about them and that's what we love about him mm -hmm. always like my dad always has something to say um always a quick word to say or joke um currently works at disneyland and so that's a, a big plus for us actually he's not currently working and he's been furloughed until yeah yeah uh, <laughs> until that picks up again um but just a really loving um, really smart guy knows a lot about nothing. You know, I mean uh, everything, but it's like <laughs> he'll give you a fact about history. You know, and you're like, okay. Well, just well, well hey, it's no offense, but to me, that's a lot more important, or or, or at least interesting than than say uh, an electron or proton or something oh, from science. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah, but that's me. To each his own. To yeah, each so his he's own. a big, a big history buff, and um, we benefit. Uh, he can get some family members in every once in a while to Disneyland, so he's been kind enough to, you know, let my my girls in and and Luke recently until COVID. So yeah, talented guy. I mean, as far as just man, he's he's a, he's a cast of characters within himself. It seems like so awesome very, stuff. Very true, Mr. Dramatic for sure. Could have done voiceovers. <laughs> I, I think he could. <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah absolutely well uh your your, your older brother you'll see tim lenny your your uh tim is younger or older than you I'm one one year older one, one year, year older. older okay uh -huh. so your older brother uh tim lenny i actually started coaching when i was in junior high uh i i started out like my coaching career working with your brother and, and learning a lot from him of how to work kind of with younger kids and and that was a fun experience for me and of course some of our days playing trumpets together that's those are my thoughts on tim what are your thoughts on your brother tim just really capable you know like my dad but in a different way more um a sciencey computery way he he runs all the websites and and gets all the teachers uh with edwin ixta kind of like hey this is the programs we're going to use for school and um just does a lot of the behind the scene things that people have no idea that he's doing um and figures out how to do everything um and good good with little kids um just admire him and robert so much how well they and my mom they took such good care of my dad mm -hmm. um he Absolutely. moved back home you know and it was a big sacrifice for him but great teacher and uh we're currently the sea perch robotics champions you know for our his physics class we entered a, a big competition and we we're supposed to go to nationals over in maryland last um may um, and what it is is underwater kind of <laughs> robot that they made and you race it and you do an obstacle course and we had one controller guy Spencer Moya and he was just a genius and he said my parents never said I mean always said um, video games would get me nowhere well look where I am now <laughs> you know so you know it's fun for us to to help kids who may not be in the the middle of the sports scene at our school so we kind of have like this little area for kids to thrive awesome. um and maybe science so uh, tim's been amazing well, well i don't know anything about that stuff but but i don't care let's hang a banner let's get another banner up i, I know let's I do know. it come on <laughs> real, whatever that was yeah that's awesome very cool well, well last but not least uh ginger uh your your oldest sister lunny uh lunny lindy uh, Lindy Lunny, which uh, is no longer, of course, it's Lindy Joe. Uh, Lindy Lunny, did she ever get flack for that name growing up? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. The alliteration there, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, one thought on on, uh, on Lindy is uh, something I'm very grateful to your sister for is, 
she actually, we requested her and she did it, it, you know, no hesitation, but she actually sang at my mother's funeral and she sang a song in this very room, which uh, my mom always liked. It was, it was used more at like weddings at care, but we listened to the words and we're like, you know what, this is, this is fitting. So something I'll always appreciate about your sister, Lindy, is, uh, is her willingness to, to sing that day and, and another special person in the Lunny family. What are your thoughts on your sister, Lindy? Um, she's a diva. She's, um, she has amazing performance poise. I'm silly. So if I get on stage, like I could sing a little, but I'll just crack up. Um, but she just has that wonderful gift and even, even more, um, her gift for getting kids to perform is amazing. She just does wonderful productions at, at Pearl. They do a Christmas show and the kids are just singing beautifully at the top of their lungs and and her spring festivals and she just really brings out the best in students and she's great i wonder where she gets that from <laughs> yeah dad right <laughs> that sounds so. a little little too familiar a little too familiar well uh again i've said it before i'll say it again though the lunny family special people love them all we do anything for them um yeah, so many memories again from from all of you but i gotta say if i have to sum it all up uh i probably have the most most uh, memories and thoughts with you, Ginger, just from the classroom and just talking, trying to get you off topic and talk about sports or this. And, hey, what was it like in your days? You know, that was always fun for me. And uh, you were very patient with us. It's just some, some fun, fun memories again. <laughs> well, thanks, Matt. You, you do always have a special soft spot in my heart um, trying to figure out teaching. And yes, you did give, get us off topic plenty. And I, and I still <laughs> let students get me off topic because that's how I make connections. That's how I hope they learn. Oh, we all need a break. Absolutely. We've got to, you know, space out for a little bit and come back strong. Well, well, Ginger, I really appreciate you taking the time here. You know, everyone keeps telling me you got to get more female guests. I'm like, I'm, okay, I'll try. But you know, they got to answer the call, the call and everything. So I appreciate you coming on here. So much fun talking about, uh, well, teaching and sports. And of course, the great Lunny family. Any, any parting thoughts as we wrap it up? Um, none that I can think of. Just, um, I'm wondering what's going on with you. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, like we could do that off the air, but I want to know more about you. What are you up to? I know you were umpiring, um, and we were so proud of that, um, <laughs> for you. And I can see you in passing, you know, roughing for our junior high kids or whatever, mm -hmm. but what are you up to? Oh man, not a whole lot. Kind of a transition time right now with, you know, uh, this whole COVID thing's really put a, a, a an interesting outlook on sports now that, okay, maybe that's not always going to be something that's there, which is kind of scary. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm definitely transitioning, looking to some new stuff in my life. This is definitely something found a little passion about and doing podcasts and talking with friends and uh, just any guest really. Uh, I want to continue to keep doing it and hopefully we'll see where it goes. Um, but other than that, yeah, I live, I live out in East Vale now out in the Corona Norco area. So there's been wow. some changes there, but, uh, I've traveled all over, done a lot of different things. Now I'm ready to kind of, kind of bring it all together and just kind of, you know, less is more type of thing right now. It's kind of my current outlook. 
Yeah, that's great, Matt. Um, so good to see you. Um, you're great on air. You have a great voice. You keep the conversation going. <laughs> I think that's a real gift. I really do. I'd be like, uh, 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 um, um, but you're, you're a natural. Oh, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Fake it till you make it and just keep practicing until, uh, <laughs> get it right. So Ginger, thank you so much. It was a blast. Um, we'll have to do it again very, very soon and looking forward to this episode coming out probably on Tuesday. Okay. Thanks, Matt. Thanks again, Ginger Deemers. That was a lot of fun catching up and talking some high school sports, some science class, uh, marriage, family, all those fun things. It was a great time for me. I hope you enjoyed it as well. So much fun catching up with you. I hope to talk to you again very, very soon. And I also hope we have some Real Hondo Prep Sports to chat about here in the very near future, even though they're going to all be bunched together here in 2021, really. Uh, but you know what? I know Rio will find a way because of the great leadership and teachers at the school, coaches as well, who kind of make things uh, work at all times. So thanks again, Ginger, for getting me through my science classes uh, when I was a teenager and also just uh, catching up with me. It was a lot of fun. Talk to you very soon. My best to you and the family. Well, guys, tomorrow is Wednesday, and you know what that means. That means it's time for Bill Barnes on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. Last week, we had a little hiccup with Bill. We were ready to record on Tuesdays like we usually do, and he got called into action on a secret mission. His his, uh, secret job we can't talk about involving security. Uh, He's a retired police officer and a retired college baseball umpire. He is here every single Wednesday. He's our only weekly guest. If you have not heard Bill before, well, I will warn you, uh, tread lightly, we'll say, (laughs) tread lightly. For those of you who do listen every Wednesday for Bill Barnes, you guys know uh, what he's all about. He's got a lot of energy. He's got a lot of of, uh, fire, we'll say. And uh, we're going to have some fun conversations tomorrow on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in. Last week, we weren't able to record and get an episode out Wednesday, but we did put one out on Saturday this last week. So if you've not had a chance yet, go back and listen to Bill Barnes. His weekly Wednesday Wednesday weigh-in was pushed to Saturday, but we did get an episode out. And I think this week we shouldn't have any problems uh, being able to record on Tuesday and get an interview and an episode out for Bill Barnes. Uh, for for those loyal Wednesday listeners, uh, it should be a lot of fun. I got some news. We did receive a a care package, if you will, from a listener. I will tell you all about that tomorrow. Uh, I I think a care package with a K, right? The Real Hondo Prep cares. Uh, it is from a Real Hondo Prep alum, and uh, it's it's pretty entertaining. I'll tell you guys all about it tomorrow when I chat about it with Bill. It was actually a care package that was sent to Bill and myself. Uh, so <laughs> that'll be a big part of the show tomorrow. Be sure to join us on the weekly Wednesday weigh-in with Bill Barnes. Looking forward to you guys joining us. Well, guys, there's plenty of ways to follow the Get Home Safe podcast. Our Twitter handle is Get Home Safe Pod. Our Facebook and Instagram page is Get Home Safe Podcast. And our email address is Get Home Safe Podcast at yahoo.com. We received a few emails, and I just mentioned to you the care package that was sent to us. Uh, it's really cool to see so many listeners, uh, you know, giving their giving their thoughts and uh, you know opinions. Maybe ask, asking some questions. We do love questions, especially on our Wednesday show. So if you have questions for Bill Barnes, be sure to email us or uh, reach out through social media. However you want to get a hold of us, um, there's a lot of options to do that. But try to get your questions to me by probably noon on on tuesdays i think that's probably the safe bet 
because uh, we record generally in the afternoon on Tuesday. So that'll be plenty of time for us to piece it all together for questions for Bill Barnes or myself. And, and I would say in general too, guys, any questions you have for me or content suggestions, whatever, um, you know, if you get them in by the afternoon, they'll probably be on the next day's show. That's just kind of how we operate here. Uh, but if it's not that show, it'll probably be the one after that. Unless, of course, it is specifically for Wednesday uh, and Bill Barnes. Uh, if you look at our episode notes, there are some uh, links there. Uh, one is the voice message link where you can leave a message for me, Bill Barnes, or both of us. Uh, it's a one-minute limit, so make sure that uh, you, you know what you want to say. We can play that message on the podcast if you like, if you want to have your voice heard. If not, you don't want to have your voice heard, we totally get that. Just send us a, a message, email, whatever the case is. There's also an additional uh, link in the episode notes that will provide some information about this podcast uh, if you should so uh, choose to uh, check that out. Uh, we appreciate all the support, guys. I told you last week, uh, or recently that was, that we have gone uh, gone over 10,000 total plays and that's a that's a huge tribute to you guys we couldn't do this without you and uh you know 10,000 total total listens is really something i can't believe we're we're there i'm looking forward to the next 10,000 and and beyond so that's the plan that is the goal we're going to keep putting out podcast episodes here uh weekly we're trying to keep it at 5 days a week we might reach a point here soon where it might only be a couple days a week, but we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. I'll be sure to let you guys know about all the updated information regarding the podcast. So continue to check us out on social media for the promotions of upcoming guests, uh, just so you guys kind of know uh, a face with a voice, really, and some uh, information just to look forward. Look forward. We'll get a picture of uh, that care package that uh, was sent to us by a listener. We'll put that out probably Wednesday when uh, Bill Barnes' episode is released, or maybe maybe tomorrow. So keep keep an eye out on social media. Guys, thank you for joining us today. Ginger Deemers, that was an absolute blast. Bill Barnes tomorrow, guys. Hope you will join us. And guys, no matter what you're doing, whether you're out on the town or around in third base, get home safe. <laughs>